Hello and good evening. My name is Kyle Herrick, and this is A for Able. So today's episode focuses on COVID-19 and contact tracing. Now, up until recently, I had only heard the term contact tracing or contact tracer twice. And the featured guest on tonight's episode is my friend Tyler, who you may remember from the uh, series of episodes I did with essential workers. His episode was called How an Essential Worker Views Teaching During a Pandemic. So during that episode, we talked about the challenges of teaching kids virtually. And we touch on that a little bit here, but we mainly focus on his new career as a contact tracer and what exactly that entails. And not only that, but we also get a little bit of insight on it as we do a small mock interview with him. So before I start this episode, I want to very quickly thank everyone who has been listening to the podcast, whether you are a newcomer or have been listening since the beginning. Thank you very much. And if you've checked out the website, aforabled.wordpress.com, thank you. Please check out the blog. It's excellently written, and um, we will definitely have new content on a monthly basis for you. And last but not least, if you would like to be on an episode, please check out our contact section at aforabled.wordpress.com. And with that being said, let's get to the new episode of A for Abled. So I got to ask you, so I got to ask you a question, man. So how was the transition from, you know, from, te- from teaching to doing what you're doing now? Uh, smooth. I actually prefer what I'm doing right now. Um, so with before with teaching, uh, it's layered, right? Mm-hmm. So I love helping kids. I love making sure that, you know, they're able to like learn, have good educational experiences. Yeah. But like that's really restrained when you have something like Common Core. Mm-hmm. So you're not really truly able to individualize someone's learning in regards to enabling them to be successful for the assessments that they have to take the uh you know teaching by the test right um however at the same time every student is entitled to an an individualized Individualized learning learning. plan i Mm -hmm. always mess up the name for it it's an individualized learning plan right Mm -hmm. so all kids are entitled to that and the thing is there's not really much of a no behind it mm-hmm. because uh, it's not really put out there too much. But if a kid requests it, you know, they can get like accommodations, um, especially if their parents back it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that on its own too, you can have someone that isn't in a position where it would be unreasonable, unreasonable for them to uh do a state assessment or a federal assessment like Mm -hmm. or even you know the sat right um you can have those situations where those can happen where you have someone where it'd be unreasonable for them to take those tests Mm -hmm. Uh, but let's say you're someone that is not in that circumstance right uh where you have to take those tests 
well, if you have a, an accommodation that takes away from the rigor associated with preparing for those assessments, mm-hmm. uh, but you're not someone who has, say, like a learning disability, mm-hmm. then it's not just for you, as in like justice, right? It's not just right. uh, for you to be you know, in that situation, because you're not going to be on a path for success in terms of being able to soundly complete the assessments that you have to take. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's just because you're, you're, you know, either a individual well, an individual who needs to get diagnosed for their learning disability, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are tons of kids that have learning disabilities that are not documented, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're one of those kids and you just get accommodations, but you're still held to the same standard as kids without accommodations that have no challenges, Mm -hmm. then, you know, like in challenges in this regard, because everyone has their challenges, but it's like, you know, when you get to the point where it really impacts the learning experience, right? Uh, When you're talking about it like that, you know, you're, not going to get the help that you truly need because it's Mm -hmm. not documented. And on the other side, you know, you get uh, like, let's say you aren't a kid Mm -hmm. that needs that support. Truly you don't need it, but it helps you to have it. Right. You know, it helps you uh, get the extra time that you uh, perhaps in the moment need, but as you get older, you know, you adapt uh, you strengthen and you don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. So you may need it in uh, elementary school, but you won't need it in say middle school. And then you having it in middle school hinders your ability to prepare for these assessments, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not uh, an individualized learning plan that maintains a catered approach to make you successful for the assessment. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's just like extra help. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with absolutely nothing wrong help. with that. Absolutely nothing wrong. But with it, it doesn't, you know, do justice for the child that needs to be held to the standard that those who, you know, just are just typically capable of being able to complete those assessments. It doesn't uh, do them justice because, you know, they're going to be set back. Right. Uh, now, you know, you have that, right. And like, those are things that, I don't agree with mm-hmm. like uh, educating in uh, like summer camp environments, stuff like that. Not like here's this uh, summer camp that like the kids go to and they do like, uh, I don't know, like activities and stuff, stuff like that. Like yeah. camping shit for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Uh, not like that. Like when you actually have prep programs, mm-hmm. the uh, programs that take place between school days, like uh, breaks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Teaching during those times is so rewarding because those programs are dynamic. Like you Mm -hmm. can do stuff in them that you can't typically do in the classroom environment for say like a school district because you have to teach common core in the school, you know? Mm -hmm. But if you want to do like a wacky science experiment or if you want to do like a density project, right? Like the ones that you see on like PBS or Bill Nye where Mm. you're pouring like oil and vinegar and water and stuff like that and seeing them layer because of their different densities. Mm -hmm. 
can't really do stuff like that anymore because there's no real, there's really no opportunity for it. And then when you look at COVID, you can only do activities that everyone has access to. Mm. So it's really restricted to digital platforms. Uh, and, you know, that takes away from it, really. It's not the it's not the same as, like, being able to truly explore and play with and, like, observe, you know, face-fronting the experiment that you're working with, right? Mm-hmm like actually being able to see and interact with like density that's different from say watching a video on density. So I, I have a, I have a question for you. Uh, um, going into common core. Cause I only knew about common core uh, based on videos I had seen on, on, on uh, solving um, well, what I thought were basic math problems. Uh, but you're, but you're talking common core as it relates to school in general. Do you want to, re- yeah. uh, you want to uh, elaborate a little bit on that? I don't know. I'm completely ignorant to that. So, so Common Core is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not necessarily a great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, its approach to math is actually on point. Uh, it's just the way that we were taught growing up doesn't necessarily uh, align with that. Like that's not something that we uh, understand in the way that it's taught mm-hmm. because the way that we were taught, say like mathematics uh, when you look at multiplication, we were just told to memorize it, you know, so the more we do it, the more we write it, the more we interact with it, you know, the more we just know, whereas like uh, multiplication and division in common core, that's additive or subtractive mm-hmm. multiplication or division. So like you get um, like a multiplication problem where you're really just breaking it down to addition. That's what you end up doing. Um, and that's how competitive countries do it. Uh, like if you look at the asian schools uh like chinese schools japanese schools korean schools uh they teach math in a very similar way not the same way but a very similar way Mm -hmm. Um, and you know if you were to really think of it the way that like uh just going into like english arts too just emphasize like the variances and the approaches between like our cultures it's like uh I i would almost say that like katakana, right? Yeah. That's taught kind of like multiplication. You're memorizing a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different stuff you're working with. So it's a lot like memorization. But then if you look at um, like the way that we do it, the way that we teach English, it's not really like that. It's more of um, like additive or subtractive mm-hmm. because you're working a lot more, not with like just core words, but transitionaries. Because if you look at katakana, it's more like you know Mandarin or Chinese, and right. it's like uh, it's very like, like straight to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and English is a developing language, right. so with that in mind, though, um, in regards to like Common Core, again, uh, it's not bad, but it's not great. Um, the way that it was passed is questionable. Uh, in terms of like the way it was de- designed or developed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Pearson, Pierce, is, is it Pearson? Uh, same group that makes the SAT. Is that? Oh, college? I mean, it's not College Board, but you know what I mean, right? It's that. Yeah, it's that. Yeah. It's that company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they designed uh, Common Core, right? Um, and they had a panel or like a. Uh, 
a focus group comprised of like professionals in the field, mm-hmm. not just teachers, but administratives, uh, tutors, stuff like that. And uh, they all said, dude, you got to fix this. And they said, ah, that's good enough. So they, uh, they went through it with it. And so a lot of the challenges that we're facing now in terms of common core stem from that instance, like the way that it came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just needed more time and then it would have been fine. Uh, but, uh, on that note though, like going back to the teaching thing, right? Yeah. So you, you have the way that things are taught and I don't really agree with that. Um, so that that's like a personal gripe, you know, mm-hmm. either you're with it or you're not. And if you're not with it, then whatever, do you want to keep doing that and keep, you know, feeling that friction or do you want to just like let it go? So uh, I had clocked out from that side of things. I'd say uh, the moment the, the pandemic started. You, you and you and I uh, talked um, during your, your first, your first appearance on this podcast. We, we talked about um, you teaching during the, during the pandemic. And at the, and at the time you had, a, you know, you had a little bit of time of teaching under, you know, under your belt. And then, um, and then one day I get a, I get a text from you telling me that you're no longer, te- you know, you're, you're no longer teaching before you were doing, you were helping someone in the political field. And then you text me one day saying I'm doing contact tracing now. So so how did you how did you find yourself how did you find yourself there i mean i'll definitely say that contact tracing has nothing to do with the canvas work that i was doing yeah like the canvassing that i was doing for um representative dg oh yeah I'm, I'm just i'm just going from uh, your, yeah just to just to make it very jump. like clear <laughs> yeah i'm just going i'm just going from that that would be a very poor reflection from, for him and i don't i don't want that to be associated like that right um, i'm just I, trying I, to, I did get the job i would like to believe you know I got the job from my own merit and not just like, we really need someone to like fill this position right now. Oh and, no. You know, they're, they are great with their screening processes and stuff like that. Like they're, they're yeah. awesome about it. Um, but yeah, no, uh, with, um, with, with that, uh, I think it makes a little more sense going back into the teaching conversation, uh-huh. uh, just because it, it's all, um, it's context, you know, but I was just so, trying to follow. I was just trying to follow the timeline. Yeah, know? no, that's what I'm saying. The context will build up to that. Yes, yes. So, uh, not to be like a dick about it. I no, 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 no. I understand. Go um, ahead, go ahead. Do your thing. So, with with the teaching thing, so it was like not agreeing with the way that things are being taught, um, because it it's difficult. Mm-hmm. I still give teachers tons of props. I worked on a wonderful team. Uh, you know, great people. Um, of course you have like your personal gripes, but you know, that's whatever that's like, yep. you know, mm-hmm. things happen. Uh, cause everyone's human. Right. Right. So, uh, I honestly, um, it's very emotionally draining working with kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not something that really clicked for me. Uh, so the entire time I had been working with kids, uh, I admittedly, and this is why I give tons of props to people who are professionals that actively work with kids every day. Uh, 
seriously like they are lifesavers literal saints mm. um same thing with the janitors maintenance people are cool oh definitely but, um it, it's like uh it's so emotionally draining and kids are so unpredictable uh you would like to think that they are but they're really not to where you can have like a like i had a situation right where uh i had a kid that uh basically uh poured their life onto me uh, mm -hmm. after a class and you know i had to report it uh because it was like dcf stuff you know oh uh-huh and uh from the conversation you know i just wanted to uh make sure that they could uh, like have a jacket for the winter right mm -hmm. and um you know it, it's really tough because it, it's like, uh, the, you know, and I'm trying to be very, very respectful about this here. Yes. Uh, because I don't want to say too much because I really want to respect, like, you know, the kid and, okay. you know, my team. Because yeah. it was handled and it's perfectly fine. Because, uh, mm -hmm. again, you know, these are kids. These are children. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to keep in mind that, you know, they're growing, they're developing. Like, yes, give them respect like you would give any strange, like, not strange, but like, you, you see a stranger down the street, right? Right. You're not going to treat them like a piece of shit. You know, you want mutual respect. You just want to have respect and as a that's person. That's something that you have to, you know, teach the kids when you're in the school. That's part of your job when you're an educator. Agreed. So I'm not going to talk to a kid any different than an adult on the side of the street in a professional context. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Because that's all. And that's another thing, too. You build great rapport doing that because that's all the kids want when you're in middle school, you know, you're in that in-between stage where it's like, am I in high school or am I still like a little kid? And, you know, they're smart, you know, they're able to critically think, you know, they're not like bags of bricks or anything like that. Right. You know, they, they have a brain. So you want to be able to treat them with that respect. And, you know, if they mess up, if they goof around, you know, crap like that, you got to redirect them. It's kind of like a puppy. Uh, but the respect is really key there because if you don't treat them like they're a little bit older, like obviously they're not like, you know, 16, getting their first job, stuff like that. But you have to treat them at least kind of like a freshman in high school mm. where they can kind of talk about a little more complicated things because they, there are like, they're starting to learn algebra. That part of their brain is developing. So you got to really be aware of that. Uh, and uh, going back to the situation, right. Just, emphasizing you know you got to be able to you know have real talk with these kids because they're at the point in their lives where either they've had real experiences yep or they're about to and uh you know this uh my student you know was one of them you know they had real stuff going on so uh they were uh wearing uh, a hoodie that was out of dress code mm -hmm. uh you know staying warm in the school, very cold school. Uh, and, you know, I bought a jacket because I was like, you know what? You poured your heart and soul on me and related to it so much. Uh, it was a lot. Um, and because of my personal childhood experiences, mm -hmm. it made it very difficult for me not to relate. Mm. Uh and I actually had to, like, when she left, you know, I had to, like, collect myself. My coworker came to check on me. He's like, dude, you okay? Because um, it, was, it was a lot. Uh, 
but you know, at that point I was like, okay, I'm going to get her a jacket. Like, I'm just going to get her a jacket. So that way she can wear something in dress code. You don't have to worry about like getting in trouble all the time for the hoodie. Cause all of us were like, you know, talking to her about the hoodie, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, peace of mind. I, you know, she didn't really need the jacket just to leave it at that. She didn't need the jacket. That's what I found out. She didn't need the jacket mm. and that's okay. That's totally okay. Because now I know that jacket's going to go to a kid that does need it. I left it with the guidance counselor. So that way, you know, because growing up when I was in middle school, uh, middle school, there were kids that did not have these things. Mm. And I know that there still are. So that's good for someone. Uh, But it's like, you know, you have situations like that where it's like maybe, you know, someone's really just like asking for some help, Mm -hmm. but it's not the help that they know they're supposed to be asking for. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Uh, and you know, that, that can be emotionally draining mm-hmm. when you work with kids. It's a lot like that because understand, you know, they're growing into adults. Like they're becoming people, not saying kids aren't people, but like they're, they're learning how to be people. Right. So, you know, they're still navigating that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. It's like that thing when you're growing up, you hear, you don't know what you want. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's kind of like that. It's like, you know, and even now when you're an adult, you still experience, you know, do I really know what I want to do? Am I doing like, am I in the career that I'm supposed to be in? Am I like fulfilling a role that's fulfilling for my life that I'm happy with? Like, that's something that you continue to question. That, that's oh, a human yeah. thing. Yeah. Everyone goes through it and you eventually just decide, you know, is this the thing that I can tolerate? Like, is this the job that makes me content? Is this the job that fulfills my needs mm-hmm. or you know, am I going to keep looking because I'm trying to find something that just makes me excited and makes me like super duper happy and like into my job, uh, really depends on, you know, what your goals and your priorities are mm-hmm. also, you know, ethics, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and I, and I really hate to say this because again, wonderful, wonderful team, wonderful school. I love my city, great district. Um, earlier in the pandemic when people were learning how to navigate this and admittedly towards the end of my uh, experience there, I didn't agree with the approaches uh, to COVID-19. Okay. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that? How did they, how did they deal with it? I know we, we talked about this before, but for those who didn't. It, and, it, and again, just being respectful about it. Yeah. Uh, it has everything to do with just like communication. It's a period of time where everyone's learning how to communicate uh, during like a very tedious and delicate situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you're working with kids, uh, you're already handling like FERPA, right? But now you're throwing HIPAA into the mix because of medical stuff. Mm. And my first experience with contact tracing, and I, and I think it's a logical leap once I start talking about it like this, uh, mm-hmm. into me being a contact tracer, go right ahead. Um, my first experience with contact tracing was, uh, I had a student on, uh, my team because, uh, in our school, we were designated as like teams, uh, in my team, uh, we had a student who tested positive. Uh, they had to stay home. Uh, and uh, and I don't believe this was intentional. 
just to make that clear, I don't believe it was intentional, mm -hmm. uh, but for some reason, um, in that moment, uh, only my team was aware of it. Uh, really? I, uh, yeah, only my team was aware of it. None of the other teams were. Certainly, like, you know, administrators are aware, downtown's aware, stuff like that. Like, the people who need to know to handle things appropriately are already yeah. aware. Mm -hmm. But then you consider, like, all right, you're doing this hybrid classroom setup, right? And, of course, kids need to go to school because of child care. Right. Absolutely, 110%, you know, you have to fulfill that need. That's a societal need. That's a public good. Um, and uh, when you're talking about this, though, Okay, so we have a positive result for my team. And my only my team knows, but you know, my team isn't in a secluded part of the school. And it's not like these kids are in a secluded area with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, there's still hallway transitions. There's still team meet there's still departmental meetings. Mm -hmm. And you know, they transitioned into like the the Zoom, I mean not the Zoom call, uh the G Suite calls. Uh, using Google Meets, uh, and you know they they got distance at work that way, and that was awesome. Uh, but it's like uh, it, just fundamentally, you would you would assume that right off the bat that okay, because of the way contact works, you know, if if you're scientifically literate, let's be real, if you are scientifically literate or at least somewhat literate in health sciences. Mm -hmm. uh, you should just know that if one person's in a classroom that tests positive, that they're interacting with all the teachers on their team mm -hmm. and they're interacting with the students in their classroom who interact with other people in the school. And now you're having basically like, it only takes one person in one school to do it. Right. So, and that, and that's why it needs to be shut down. That truthfully, that's why. But I, I think that if you're going to shut it down, you need to find creative solutions to address the child care need in right. a way that still allows kids to have that child care need fulfilled. Uh, but perhaps maybe you just trans uh, transition the uh, online program into more of a, like a self-directed thing. And then you use tutoring programs mm. that are very flexible to address those needs. So, so that way when students require the one-on-one -on -one. they get that mm. um but it i mean even then my solution is flawed it's very flawed because there's a fundamental gain from having the classroom experience yeah so it, it's like it, it's one of those things where it's a very it's a very difficult situation to work around and that's why you don't really have like a one solution meets all situation because uh, you you have to fulfill the childcare need. Right. I and had, you um, can't deny uh, an enriching educational experience to the kids because the more you put off their education and let's be real when you're learning from home and if you don't have a parent around you to like rear you to pay attention, yep. uh, you're distracting yourself unless you're very disciplined at a young age, which props, but you're distracting yourself and that's taking away from you actually learning what you need to do uh, in order to, you know, again, take that test.
I had um, gone through a form of I had gone through a form of homeschooling when I was when I was a kid when I was a, a kid first my first um, surgery my first surgery happened to me when I was in first grade and because of that I had missed a lot of school now they had hired a tutor for uh, for me um, but I was a kid and I was also. I was also a kid who was not allowed to watch TV on the weekdays. So in my head, I'm not in school, right? I'm not in school. I'm at home. So to me, it was like having an extended weekend. I didn't want to do the work. So some of the time I didn't. Um, Then fast forward to fast forward to my last surgery when I was about 17 years old, 17 going on 18. Um, I missed about three months worth of school for recovery, but to make sure I wasn't falling behind, they uh, sent teachers to me. And honestly, that was the best thing for me. Now, one now one thing I will say is, and I've talked about this with parents before, is the social as the social aspect is very important. You know, you know, what I'm saying like. As far as far as as far as for someone who learns who who learns differently, I understand that you know part of your development is being social with other people your age, being having having a way to communicate with people other than you know other than yourself and your parents. It's it, that's important for your overall development, right? So, but with but in this case with with COVID, and I think we talked we talked about this before because it's almost going on a year later since the last time we talked about this. And I see that, you know, and I, I also see that, you know, some are still, you know, struggling. There was a report that came that came out not too long ago that uh, kids weren't really doing their assignments. Um, some because they didn't have the required tools to do so. And others, yeah, they, 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 still do they still yeah. don't. They still don't. And that, and yeah, no, like at the end of my marking period, uh, before I left, um, I, I had this uh, policy for my classroom and I probably shouldn't have had it, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, if you don't like the grade that you got, uh, you know, you just always retake it. You know what that turned into? Uh, kids just, uh, I don't, what, what, they, what? they would, they would take the zero for not doing the work. And then at the end of the marking period, they, they uh, just, did all their work. Yeah, that was a nightmare. So they would wait. So they would wait until the last minute to actually get the stuff. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely my fault. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. From that, I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't the only sir. person having that problem. Man, I, I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you, man. If younger Kyle knew about this if i was going through this and i was their age i would have done the same thing because yeah, I, I had a younger kyle i yeah, was not a, I, <laughs> I was not a I, like i was disciplined in some sense but really procrastinator to the nth degree so i i i know myself i would have waited my mom probably would not have let me but my intention would probably be to wait until the last possible minute to do the work <laughs> oh man uh I, I I don't I, you know I, I honestly I look back at at the kind of kid I was and really all I wanted to do all I wanted to do for the most part would just stick to my stick to myself but that's a whole different story um so so give me an idea like what 
does the term contact tracing actually mean? So uh, the word contact in the title for contact tracing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's say you have an individual that is like uh, um, like their patient zero, right? Yeah. Uh, if they walk around, but they don't uh, like announce to people mm-hmm. per se, like let's say they don't know that they're infected uh, and they go around, they interact with people, stuff like that, use goods and services, you know, live their life, right? Mm. Um, well, we can't say for certain that the people that they've been in contact with, right? There you go. Contact. Uh, you can't say for certain that the people that they were socializing with or in touch with, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, or use like, you know, fulfilling transactions, you know, business, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you can't say for certain if they're infected or not. Uh, but what you can say is that they're a contact, right? They've been around someone that tested positive. Mm. Uh, and, you know, then from there, you know, obviously those people need to go and get tested, figure that out, uh, wait like five days. At least that's what I've heard uh, from doctors. Mm. Uh, usually I've been like lately, I've been hearing a lot of doctors saying, because, you know, I'm not a medical professional, right? right. Uh, but I've been hearing uh, through um, people that I work uh, with, uh, the people that I interview, uh that their doctors have been saying, you know, wait five days, then get tested, see if it shows up. Uh, some other doctors just go right away. Me, I just tell people get tested no matter what. Uh, but yeah, when you have patient zero and they go around socializing, you know, living life, uh, the people that they interact with, those are the contacts, right? Right. So contact. Now you have contact tracing. So tracing is like the data collection, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're collecting the data, uh, oh. you know, it, it's not, it, it's actually a very interesting um, approach. It's nothing like I thought it would be like going into it. It's nothing like I thought it would be. And uh, to be quite frank, I'm, I'm very happy with how it is. Uh, oh, okay. I, I think the way that I thought it would be, it would be a little more of like head buddy conversation, stuff like that. But no, it's absolutely not like that. Um, so with tracing, right. The data collection, mm-hmm. uh, so when you when you go to a testing site or wherever you get tested, hopefully not, you know, like in a shady area with like not a medical professional, like a real test, right? Mm. Uh, like no home solutions or anything like that. Uh, like a real test because there's a lot of people going like home remedies, stuff like that. Just don't. That That is the most harmful thing you can do with yourself right now. There's nothing wrong with doing home rem- remedies to alleviate like symptoms, mm-hmm. but assuming a cure, absolutely not. Um, so with that said, with tracing the data collection, uh, obviously it's like uh, places where you may have been, people that you may have seen. Uh, and when we talk about uh, like timelines, you know, what we want to do is look back to where you were a couple of days before you started experiencing symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll talk about asymptomatic in a second too, but uh, we'll talk about like a couple of days before your symptoms start. And then um, for travel, you have to talk about travel too, for like uh, about two weeks prior mm-hmm. to the symptom onset. And my approach is you might as well just cast the whole net out there, basically mm. get like all the information at once. So when I talk to people, I usually just go two weeks back because that's a travel period, right? Two weeks mm-hmm. prior to onset. Uh, so with that, with that said, 
uh, really what you're doing is if they want to share information, they share it with you. That's awesome. Thank you very much. But you don't need anything like there should be no one asking for financial information. Mm -hmm. No one should be even asking for your like social security. None of that. Uh, on your form that you use when you go to the testing site to put in your information. And I think a lot of places are doing contact lists now where you do the form on the phone. Uh, basically, uh, what you put on that form is what I get. And so what you put on that form is what I'm going to be reading from to verify who you are. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when it comes to the tracing side, that's where the data collection starts. It's when you go to get your test. Um, at least for my side of things, right? Cause there are different kinds of contact tracers. Uh, and uh, for my side of things where my job starts, it's at the point of you filling out that form. Once you fulfill that data, which is like your name, your date of birth, uh, okay. some other information, not demographics. We don't get demographics on that form. Okay. Uh, uh, from there, you know, if you test positive, then I give you a call out and then I collect demographics, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the demographics, uh, you know, the symptoms, stuff like that. What we're doing is we're trying to, uh, this is part of the national initiative, right? We're trying to identify like disproportionately impacted places uh, where you're trying to identify like, uh, you know, at-risk populations. Uh, where you are trying to specifically with the way the symptoms manifest, right? You're looking into, you know, what's the progression of the disease, uh, on an individual. And then also you're looking at like cyclical symptoms, right? Uh, cause the symptoms for this thing do play musical chairs. They come in, they come out. Um, some days are worse than others. Some days are absolutely horrendous. Uh, and cause you know, this thing does kill people. It is a, uh, fatal disease, right? It, it, it does that. Um, like I had a phone call today where, uh, and this should never be the case for anyone in the world. And, you know, my heart and soul goes out to them. Uh, you know, a mother had to bury her child. I mean, they um, elderly, I mean, you know, elderly parent, uh, child was, you know, an older adult, but that even should never have been the case. But, you know, COVID-19. And, and that's a hard thing to bring up. It's a very realistic thing to bring up. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound cold when I say it. When I say it like this, what I'm really doing is emphasizing how real it is. Mm -hmm. because that is point blank fact. Right. Right. Uh, and of course, I'm not going to go into any identifying information, just, you know, no, of course, stuff of like course, that. Of course. Uh, but uh, with that said, you know, with tracing, uh, we do the demographics, uh, places where you may have been, you know, you have the two week period for out of state uh, and out of country that, you know, the travel period, you know, you have to touch base for a couple of days prior to symptoms starting because that's most likely the uh, point of origin, uh, at least from what's been observed. Uh, but now you have like the talks of like, okay, it takes like five days to start showing up, uh, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, tracing starts around there. And once we get the file, we go into that stuff. And, you know, if you want to share information, it's, it's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. Mm. So, so, as um so as far as the uh okay so i think we talked a little bit about uh 
earlier before earlier before the recording um what we talked about a little bit what the uh interview process was like yep um so would you like to give us a, a bit of a, a a demonstration of what you would be asking during an during an interview like this sure uh you want to be interviewed uh yes yes please cool uh let me go to the production site mm-hmm. i'm going to use words that you don't know Go ahead, hit me. <laughs> well, I mean, like production site. Like, what is that? <laughs> I shall not say. Hey, that's up. That's up to you. I'm. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, just give you just enough. Because mm -hmm. also, security is a really big thing. Because I love transparency in the process. I really do. You also have to be very mindful about like the security of the situation. Mm -hmm. You don't want to give too much information about how something works out. Because if you do, then you allow the opportunity for bad faith actors to interfere with the process. And this is a public health crisis. So I, you don't want to mess with that. Don't poke that bear. No, I'm, it, don't, it, it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, transparency and how we do this, absolutely, that's fine. So typically, uh, in the interview process, if you're someone that's been in touch with a person that's had uh, COVID-19, if you're a mm -hmm. contact, your interview only takes about 10 to 15 minutes just about that much time uh so let's actually let's start with that because that's the easiest one okay let's start with start small go big um so what we do is uh we ask you you know if you have any symptoms so when we call we'll introduce ourselves in this case be like you know Hi, my name is Tyler. I'm calling on behalf of the Department of Health for the state of Connecticut. Uh, I'm calling regarding confidential health information. Um, you know, Kyle, just before we continue, uh, just to make sure I'm speaking to the correct person, can you please verify your date of birth? And, you know, we're yeah, not going to ask know? for any financial information, anything like that. Absolutely mm -hmm. nothing, right? That's not going to be what happens. Mm -hmm. Um and then, you know, I'm not going to go through uh, the rest of the verification process just to keep it, you know. Well, this is a, this is just an, this is just an example. So it's just, you know, a little bit of a, there's a little bit of role play on the end. So you've already asked me uh, my date of birth. Say, I give you my date of birth. What's next? Uh, well, after we confirm who you are. Yes. You know, just to keep it you know, tight, right? Um, after we confirm who you are, uh, from there, we start collecting demographic information, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, a really cool question that just popped up recently uh, in the update to the script, um, which is what we work off of, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like any any job, you know, you have, you have stuff like that. It's stuff that makes sure that you're effective in your job. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone has a toolkit. And, uh, and I'm also not going to give you the script, by the way. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't think that'd be a good thing to do. No, I think, not, I think that one, I think that one's a no, no, not, but, in, uh, not in this case, no. but yeah, with this though, uh, what I would do is, you know, go through some demographic information with you. Uh, usually I, I personally say that, you know, this is going to feel like a form from the doctor's office. Um, and, uh, I emphasize, you know, we're here to meet you in the middle. 
if you're not comfortable with uh, sharing any information, that's okay. Just please give me the heads up. Mm-hmm. I would appreciate that. Uh, and uh, with that said, you know, usually at some point I bring up like, you know, we're going to respect your rights and your, uh, your privacy to the fullest extent. Uh, so just let us know if there's anything that makes you uncomfortable. Uh, that's okay. As long as you give us the heads up, that's really all I need. I do appreciate that because the the thing is this process really works off of like people are agreeing to do it. It's it, we don't live in a country where you're forced to do it. And that's a very good thing. Yeah. That's a great uh, thing. There, there are places where people like get in trouble for not cooperating with government initiatives uh, like this. Uh when it comes to containing the virus. Uh, thankfully, you know, we do our best to keep things a voluntary, just agreed thing. We basically sell it to each other. That's how our country works. Um, mm-hmm. we, we sell this information to each other and, and not like, Hey, believe this over other things because uh, like we're the most correct. No, no, no. It's objective. It's backed by observations, studies, uh, medical professionals are putting these things together. They're letting us know what we need to do. Uh, there are people who have, you know, a intelligence way above mine, uh, you know, making the big bucks mm-hmm. that are, you know, designing these things that we work off of. And um, so, yeah, with that, with that said, though, it's like, uh, you know, do that, just ensuring that they know that it's something that they can opt out of. But, you know, we would really, really appreciate them working with us because mm-hmm. that, that's, fact you know because all the information it's 100 percent confidential it's HIPAA compliant so really it can only go towards stopping the spread of covid that's all it can be used for right uh which would mean were it not to then someone gets in really big trouble hmm. <laughs> you know yeah so it's it, so like there there are checks and balances like there are things that you know keep things safe and secure so it's okay um so after that, you know, demographic information, I'm going to omit a few things just to uh, keep it legit. Right. Because uh, I, I really don't want to give anyone too much on this for because uh, there's a lot of scam issues at the moment. Well, trust me, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, like, we'll ask about like race. uh ethnicity it's like a form from the doctor's office it's literally demographics i still it's it still, does it does feel awkward asking about oh race my, over the phone i'm not gonna lie about that man it, it, that and that's something like our calls are recorded too and everything and i have set that on the phone before yeah uh, just actually one time uh but because someone brought it up it's like okay you know what they're they're bringing up a human concern i'm gonna give you like a legit answer i'm not gonna try to beat around the bush on it there's no point in it um, so it's like, yeah, it does feel awkward yeah. asking that question. Hey, uh, look, at least I look, at least I know you. Okay. When, when, when the people uh, came by my place about this, about the, uh, the census, uh, they, they, they were 100% strangers to me. Right. Yeah. So at least you and I, you and I, we've known, we've known each other for a while now. We have a rapport. You've been in my, you've been in my place. We've hung out. You and I have a real, have a relationship. I had none of that with these two and they were just doing their job, but hearing them ask me what my race is. Now they didn't say, they did tell me that they didn't, I didn't have to use my name. So I didn't. Right. But, um, you should never have to use your name on those forms. That's ridiculous. Right. 
so in and I and I know at this point I'm I'm digressing here, but mm-hmm. the, but the reason but the reason being is I don't think I I never think that that should matter. You're putting emphasis on the wrong on the on the wrong thing. I know it's for statistics and everything, but you're I think you're really putting emphasis on something very trivial, you know. But that, that but that but that's just me. I could t- I could tell you over the phone that I am a poke uh, purple polka dotted alien from an alternate Earth, and <laughs> and you wouldn't believe me. But say I was just 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 say I was. Then what? You ain't got that on your paper, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, no. So we have a new question uh, that's been uh, asked, and it's pretty cool. So new times, right? Yeah. Uh, so instead of confirming sex, uh, we ask, "What is your gender uh, preference?" Uh, so basically, what is your gender identity, right? But what is your gender preference? Male. The, the wording is very important, too, because saying, like, what's your gender preference? It usually yeah. sounds like a question like, oh, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that was intended with the way that was worded for the question. I think it was worded as a way to, like, make it smooth. Yeah. That way it doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound judgy. Yeah. Or anything like but that. It, it's, uh, it's very interesting that it brings up a lot. Of, it's like people get curious about it. Yeah. Um, and then but, there are other people that kind of like scoff. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, I get it's it. like, ah, new times. I get it. But um, my, uh, my gender preference is, is male. Yeah. I actually, I had someone that where I was like, what is your gender preference? And he was like, uh, straight. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it, it's like, it, wait, wait, <laughs> I don't want to get funny calls. <laughs> okay. And he, he laughed it too. He laughed. So mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, but like, uh, with, with that said, you know, uh, th- this is Barry, Barry, sorry, very, very, Barry. uh, it's very basic demographic information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does not involve like social security numbers. It doesn't involve like any of your other family members, uh, socials, financial information, anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, so this is just the core demographic. All right. Go through that. And then after we go through the demographic information, you know, it's uh, checking in on you regarding like, uh, you know, your positive test result, right? Let's say you tested positive today, Kyle. I don't want that to happen. Me either. So don't. Which uh, is why we're not in the same room yeah. right now. Right. <laughs> uh, keeping a distance. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, let's say you test positive today. Uh, well, you tested positive today. So I'll ask you like, all right, uh, with you testing positive today, did you experience any symptoms prior to your test or prior to like, sorry, I mm. messed up my own words. Take your, take, take your time. <laughs> so uh, were you to test positive today and I were to give you a call for today, which is not realistic. That's a very fast uh, travel down the pipeline for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but just say that's the case. Uh, I'll give you a call. We'll go through the demographic information and uh, we'll talk about what you were doing up to two weeks prior to your positive test result. And during that timeline, you're going to see that it starts based off of when you first start experiencing symptoms. So 
uh, we look backwards from the symptom onset date, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we want to find first when it comes to beginning like the investigative part of it uh, after confirming some basic uh, yes or no questions, essentially. And, uh, you know, that's like, are you affiliated with like a university? Uh, were you hospitalized? Do you live in a congregate setting? Stuff like that. You know, do you work in healthcare? Um, because a lot of answers change the way that your file is handled. Uh, the teams that work with you, like we have teams exclusively like for businesses and there are institutions that have their own internal teams of tracers essentially people who have the responsibilities of like uh, gathering and reporting that data. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're all working with the health departments, the local health departments. Um, so, you know, we're going to, we have to figure out where we have to start in terms of the timeline. So it always starts with the symptoms. Now, if you're asymptomatic, mm -hmm. uh, then there's not symptoms to work off of. So if you have to stay in isolation for 10 days, uh, that 10 days, that's your infectious period, right? That's how long you're able to spread the virus. Oof. Right. And then after your 10 day period, uh, you're no longer contagious. That's just what's been observed. This is like CDC guideline. Like it's just what's been officially observed and, you know, instructed. And so far so good. You know, and it should only be, hopefully, fingers crossed, be getting better with the new administration, uh, taking a more uh, hands-on approach to the uh, pandemic. Um, and I'll leave the political thing at that. Yeah. Uh, so if you're asymptomatic, uh, you, you don't really know when your contagious period is because you don't experience symptoms. And that's a scary thing to think about because I don't want people to like freak out over like, oh my God, like, do I have it? I can't tell. You'll know. Um, like a lot of people that I talk to that are asymptomatic that don't have to get tested because of like work. Uh, it's kind of like something, you know, made them inclined to get it. It wasn't an event necessarily or a social thing. It was like, they felt like they had to. Uh, and so they, when they got tested. Uh, now, either way, whether you're asymptomatic or symptomatic, you have your 10 day isolation. Uh, after that, you know, you can't get tested to get back to work again because you will continue to test positive for up to 90 days. Mm. And that's something that a lot of people are not too sure about at the moment. There's a lot of mixed communication because everyone's trying to keep themselves updated with the CDC guidelines in real time. Like these things change as we learn more. Yeah, um, I, I was doing that. I was doing that early on, uh, so much so that I even kept track of the of updates through the CDC's official YouTube channel, and that helped a bit. But then I would then I would see conflicting information all around. Like the internet can be a useful tool, and other times it can just be cringy. Um, but uh, yeah, that's 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 what why I'm still where I am right now as far as mentally, because while I've calmed down from the beginning of this, the paranoia hasn't completely dissipated yet, you know, so still looking still looking for accurate information. But it's 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 strange. Be well, not strange. It's 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 difficult because certain bits of information keep changing. So. How, 
um, how has that been? How has that been for you with with uh, having to keep up with the guy with the guidelines and the uh, information on how the disease is 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 uh, progressing and spreading and everything? Well, for me to do my job, uh, I go with the uh, so base that just to tell you that, uh, like I said before, I don't like to go off the script like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's uh, like a human interaction at that point. I think you're very kind of like automated stuff. And that's not bad. You know, that's very efficient. It's very secure. Um, It prevents people from making mistakes. Uh, I'm also someone who has found success in making mistakes and learning from my failures. So it's like, uh, in my experience has led me to just, you know, stick with the human side of it, stay a little more natural. Uh, That's where I found my success. Uh, and again, my failures, you know, brought me up to success through there. Mm-hmm. You know, someone else's failures may bring them through a success where they're like, yep, you know what? I could just do this super quick. Uh, I don't have to, you know, try to figure out like what's going on because it's like right there. You know, it's all laid out for me. I kind of, I, I like being able to work through someone's emotions though. Okay. Like, it, it makes it a little easier for me. And, and you'll see too, like with tracers. Uh, someone that reads off the script is probably like super good at knowing how uh, processes go. Uh, whereas someone like me who doesn't really read off the script is probably really, really, and I'm going to be candid, really fucking good at mm-hmm. deescalating a situation. Uh, but, you know, for me, it's like I have this sticky note that's attached to my computer screen or it's like, hey, do you know about the contact CT app? Or like, are you okay with calling us to check in? Or are you affiliated with the, any universities? And that's because um, with me not reading off the script, there are key things that I can miss. And as I refine my personal approach to this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm making no, uh, I'm like fine tuning my process, like kind of, in a way I'm reinventing the wheel for myself, but I just like keeping it um, like personal, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, with with um with that said, like I have the sticky note that I had just mentioned. That's mm-hmm. what I was gonna bring up originally. Yeah. Um. What was the original question? <laughs> my original, my original, my original question was, um, uh, like, how do you, you know, how do you feel about keeping yourself updated with information? Because, because, oh cause, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why I was talking about my approach. Um. So, uh. I just read off of what I have to put my information in. So for me personally, I don't, and this is another thing where you talk about like the challenges between the two kinds of tracers in terms of the approaches, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, when the form updates, like I, I do my job off of the form mm-hmm. that, that I like, even though I'm not using a script and it's like, I'm using a script because I'm going off the form, right? So I'm looking around, I'm finding like, all right, what's missing, what's not here, what needs to be there, you know, and then making sure that things are accurate. Uh, I just go through and I just uh, screen the form, really. That's what I'm doing is I'm screening the form, uh, like filtering out like what needs to be put into it. And, And you can just tell, you know, it's there and you get meetings for it and everything. Uh, but then there's like little things that I can forget to miss, just, uh, I mean, forget to hit, um, just because of the way it's placed on here. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm taking a human approach and, uh, I'm working with these people, 
and uh, like if I forget to hit on something, mm-hmm. then you know that's inform- that's valuable data that's lost. So I need to make sure that I don't do that, and that's why like you know I'm refining my approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know that in terms of like the script and the updates, it doesn't really make a difference mm-hmm. because it's right there. When the script updates, it's there. Um, and CDC guidelines can actually, I would say, you know, I would assume they're impacting the script because, you know, it, it changes on the form too. Mm-hmm. social gatherings, places of worship, restaurants or bars, personal services, malls, other retail establishments, any sports and fitness, um, not to sound like George Carlin, but it, it, it's pretty <laughs> straightforward. It's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like any indoor recreation, any outdoor events or activities, any public transit or ride shares. Um, and, you know, I, I personally, I can, I, I'm going to stop doing this. Uh, it, it's a bad habit that I'm breaking right now. Uh, any indoor recreation and outdoor events and activities. I tend to squeeze those two together because yeah. Um, I have a hard time seeing them as separate things, but they're definitely separate things. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, that, and that's another thing too. It's like, if you do my approach, you have to be able to see yourself in this light. You have to be able to break yourself down and like, see uh, where you have to start fixing this stuff because I know my approach is not perfect. Um, but I make really good connections with people. Yeah, you do. Uh, and someone else, that, you do. So like, I, I really cannot speak for someone that goes off the script trying to keep up with everything because I don't, I don't think that, you know, the way it would feel would be much different from mine. I just got to make sure that on my sticky note on my monitor that mm-hmm. I'm hitting down the things that I can easily miss because if you're asymptomatic, then like you're asymptomatic. If I get down to the um, part of the interview where we're talking about your symptoms and I'm just reading off the form. Yeah. I don't want to accidentally talk to you about your symptoms because you're asymptomatic. I just want to confirm, Hey, are you asymptomatic? That's Mm it. Um, and another thing too, it's like, if you're asymptomatic and I'm just going off the form and reading down the symptoms, why do I have to ask you about a symptom onset date? I don't because you're asymptomatic. So it's like, there are these little things that can mess up your flow, uh, and mess up the way that you are collecting data and how efficient you are at it. So there's impacts your language. I I can see I can see that. Um, uh, what? So so right now there's only one form of the script. Like, say you find there's there's no other. It's a living document. It's a living document. So there's no second. So there's like no secondary thing you could say if someone is asymptomatic. Like, what do you mean? Well, okay, because all right, you know how because that that's all in there. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no. So when I when I say it's a living document, yeah, mm-hmm. think of it like a, a choose your own adventure RPG thing. Yeah, like, like you, like a book, like a choose your own adventure book. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if it's this thing, flip to page sixty-seven, like that. Okay, if that's so your choice. Already seven. Okay, that, in this case, it's like me. asymptomatic. All right, here's what you got to do. Okay, not all right. That you know that makes yeah. Sense. The, the the script has a flow to it. It's just all um, right. the flow doesn't necessarily match uh, the form that I work out of, mm-hmm. and that is changing over time. It's evolving. It's you know becoming more and more like the form. 
All right. So, uh, all right. So where, so where are we in terms of the, in terms of the process right now? I'd say, oh, if we're talking about your interview, then after we collect the demographic information and talk about your symptom onset date, uh, you know, we already covered asymptomatic stuff. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about symptomatic, uh, you know, symptom onset date, we already covered the timelines in terms of weeks and days, um, just in case though, you know, we're looking two days prior to your symptom onset. Yeah. You know, where you were, people you may have seen, you know, I already read most of the uh, case investigation in terms of like social gatherings and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, But we also talk about like, where do you work? And I'm not going to divulge more details on the work thing just for, you know, I work I work from home. I work for myself, so I'm pretty sure uh, I haven't been near anyone else on work days. Oh, you're role playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm being very literal right now. I, I know, no, no, you, and, no, you and me both, because th- you know, I have, I haven't, um, you know, I, I haven't gone through this. And the closest I've, the closest I have, I have done is uh, the closest I have gotten. I should say is I have talked to people who have gotten COVID. Uh, some very, you know, very close to me, uh, you know, they've recovered, thankfully, um, a couple of them, you know, and um, I've yeah. also downloaded the, uh, the, uh, the uh, app. The oh, you have, you app. have COVID yes. alert CT? I do. I do have COVID nice. alert uh, CT. As, as soon as they, as soon as they told me it existed, as soon as I found that it existed, because my phone alerted me uh, after it was updated, I'm like, okay, let me you know, let me download that. Let me download that right away just to be safe. I've only left my house to go to a few select places. And that's been very, very few and far between as far as time, you know, as far as time goes. Um, and for the most part, I keep my mask, you know, I, I keep my mask on, you know, unless I, you know, unless I know for sure that nobody else in the, you know, in the house has it. So, you know, that, that's my, that's my only real, that's my only real thing. <clears throat> um, so, all right. So I, yeah, I keep interrupting. You were supposed to be going through this together. So. No, you're fine. You're good. Uh, so yeah, we would talk about like employment, mm. you know, if you're employed, unemployed, retired, stuff like that. Um, and from there we go into like travel, right? Outside mm-hmm. of the state, outside of the country, uh, any neighboring states like, you know, tri-state area, Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Uh, and then it's like any states under the travel advisory, which if you look at Connecticut's travel advisory list, <laughs> it's because like, the pandemic, right? It's a pandemic. So yeah. of course the list is basically full, right? Right. Um, then like, you know, just little details that you might want to share, like nothing specific, just like literally additional details. Mm. Um, and you know, once all that's said and done, we also collect like uh, in terms of people, right? Uh, like, let's say at a social gathering, if you know who you were with, if you have their phone number, if you know their date of birth, and the date of birth is important because that's like a confirmation tool, right? That's mm-hmm. part of the confirmation process. Uh, so knowing like that kind of information being able to share that, you know, that's super helpful. You know, we're very grateful when people are able to do that. Yeah. Um, But also, you know, if you don't want to deal with that because of, you know, personal reasons, that's okay. You know, I respect that. I understand, uh, you know, like, you know, you respect differences, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
So you, you really don't want to push it because, you know, that's, this is the country that we live in. Right. So we shouldn't be overstepping each other's boundaries. So if you don't want to share that information, you don't want to share that information. Thank you. You know, uh, here's two one one. Please make sure you contact them if you need anything. You know, best of luck. Uh, please heal safe. You know, you're my best wishes. Uh, and, and you have to, and, and that's sincere. That's a very like I say that with sincerity. Yes. Because you, if we overstep those boundaries, and you know, there's a lot more uh, hurt and headache that can come from that. So it's like being able to have that because you have to remember it's a public health program from the government. Right. Mm -hmm. So like that, that's very important and it's a very delicate, sensitive thing. Um, So you want to respect that to the fullest extent. Uh, Now with that said though, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're able to share information regarding people that were at the like social gathering, you may have been to, right. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much. Something a little more difficult in uh, like emotionally, or in terms of like stress would be like, uh, you know, let's say you went to church mm-hmm. and I think it's safe to say that people can naturally associate the um, typical political context for that kind of setting. Uh, like if you go to a more uh, liberal church, you know, perhaps it is more of a like, like let's say you're a universalist or let's say you're like a Catholic, right. Or something like that. Like, let's uh-huh. just say your, your institution, your path of belief, mm-hmm. your faith, uh, you know, it's one that enables you to be uh, more understanding of the steps that need to be taken to curb the virus. Right. Yeah. Uh, within reason, right? You know, respectfully. Uh, and then may- maybe perhaps you're of a belief, like you're anti-vax, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe you start getting to stuff like that because of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the conversation could be more tedious. It could be like, it, it could honestly be stress, stress, sorry, stressful. Mm-hmm. It could honestly be stressful and it could even impact your personal life negatively because that's your congregation, right? Like that's your community. Mm-hmm. So if you're the person there that catches COVID-19 and you test positive and you're the person that has to make the first call, you know, it's one of those situations where it's like, it's a very brave thing to do on your own, but what's going to happen to you. And uh, we want to make sure that you're supported to the fullest extent. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, you also have to be realistic about it. When you start talking about something that is inherently treated politically, uh, you want to make sure that you're not out to, that you're not sacrificing data for someone's quality of life. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you, you don't want to cause undue trauma to someone because like, you know, they're ousted from a congregation because now like, you know, they're getting flooded with, uh, you know, calls for us, you know, tracing, right. I, it's not a reasonable thing to even, say hypothetically it's like it's not a reasonable situation because like if you're founded in logic it wouldn't like lead to that you know Mm -hmm. what i mean um but still you have to be considerate of that and and this is just talking about that side of things you know you just have people that plain just want to keep their stuff private right you know Mm -hmm. and i don't want to like i really would rather not piss someone off yeah of course like respecting their rights and their privacy Mm -hmm. you really have to do that 
So like there are really sensitive situations, like, you know, talking about places of worship, congregations, uh, talking about like, Hey, what did you do for new year? Stuff like that. Cause then you start getting into the human activities too, because like, let's be real. Uh, if someone was with their partner on their birthday, what do you think is like, what do you think is going on? Right. Uh, do you think they want to tell you about that? No, they don't. They don't want to talk about that. And we don't go into that with them. No, but it's like, usually you can tell in the conversation, they're like, uh, I don't know how to talk about this because you know, it's a very personal thing. So you want to make sure that, you know, you're very respectful about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So with that said, uh, you know, just making sure you're being very respectful of people to the fullest extent. That's what's mm-hmm. important. And you do get some pushback, but that's I, okay. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, it's a very, you know, it's a very sensitive uh, subject right now, especially with, um, with the, uh, you know, inf- with the information we've been given, the political climate, you know, political climate, of course, and and the you know the va- the vax you know the people that that are getting vaccinated versus those who who decided you know who decide not to there's 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 so much there's so much that you have to be that you have to be aware of as far as when talking about this and there are others that are just like man I just want this to be over already but yep. it's it's you know I I feel I feel like at least what, you know, at least what you're doing, I can only speak from my point of view because I know, you know, because I know you, I believe that what you're, that what you're doing is, is great. Anyone who, anyone that decides to, you know, that decides to do this as far as contact tracing and helping people be safe in these times, I have to do nothing, but you know, nothing but respect. And as far as, as far as the, the vaccines go, um, that's up to, I'm going to leave that up to the person. I will never, I will never say get this or don't get this because, you know, because this, because I'm not a doctor, you are not a doctor. We're not, you know, we're not in the, we're not in this, like, you know, like that we we've known people that, that are, but, you know, but that's, that's all we can, that's all we can do. Do whatever is, is do you, that you feel is best for you. Um, one day, hopefully soon, um, I will have, you know, people on, you know, people on a for able who have gotten the vaccine and I want to get their perspective on, it. I want to get, I want to get their outlook on wh- how they, you know, how they feel about it, which, you know, which version of it did they get? Did they, did they feel any different? Because it's not a cure-all, right? And that's, and, and that's what people are, and that's what people are looking for. They're looking for a cure or looking for a way to at least feel normal again to feel safe again and i think yeah we will get back to that it's just going to take time as far as masks i'm gonna tell you straight up wear a mask please another thing too is uh just going back to what you had mentioned before about like the version that people take of the vaccine yeah speak Uh, so the wording right it's very important um Mm when you, when you talk about like a version of a vaccine that makes me think of like, Oh, you, you have Pfizer's vaccine, right? Yes. So it makes me think of like, uh, it, it, there's only one manufactured vaccine. Mm-hmm. That's what it makes me think of. And there are different versions of that one, mm-hmm. but there, there are multiple, uh, there are multiple kinds. Yeah. 
like they're not not kinds because it's still the same thing. It's still, uh, still the same. Kind. Yeah, you, same you thing. Say that um, there are four different, uh, you know, uh, like models of the okay. vaccine, yeah. for lack of yeah. a better term. Yeah, uh, like they have different brand, kind of like cars. Yeah, you uh, have different brands. Yeah. Um, you have uh, I don't Pfizer's and do you remember the other companies? I don't remember the other company. I just I just remember that they, oh geez, I remember Pfizer's because that's the that's the one that seems to be be talked about right now the most. The other one I don't remember, and then there's another one coming from uh Europe, I believe, and yeah, that the European one. Is, so like uh, Pfizer got approved, but then we also got the European one approved. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember the name. Moderna, that was it. Moderna. Um, yeah, Moderna. Uh, there's Moderna, there's Pfizer. So it's like there, there are different companies. That's really what it comes down to is like different companies are making uh, their own vaccine. So there yeah. are, it, yeah, so different companies have their own vaccine. So when you talk about versions, it's like which version of Moderna, that's what it makes yeah. me think of. But it's mm. it's more of like a Coke versus Pepsi kind of situation. It, yeah. Uh. And um, with the rollout, too, uh, I'm interested in seeing the impacts from the vaccine. I'm not worried about it. Um, people that I've been in contact with that have taken the vaccine, most of the time it's you get a mean headache. You know, it feels like a hangover. Mm. Uh, and personally, like personal opinion, I associate that with like you're just hydrate yourself mm. when you're doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you get a vaccine like that, it's a foreign object being put into your body, like it's a foreign fluid, right? Yeah. Uh, so your body's going to react uh, with an inflammatory response. You know, your immune system's going to kick up, and uh, from there on, like the vaccine rides off of that response, right? It's just compatible with the way your body responds to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you know that when you get sick because your body's going to use up water in that process. Mm -hmm. It has to, when you, when your immune system kicks up, like you're inherently burning water off. Right. Yeah. Um, so you want to just make sure that, uh, you're on top of that, you know, stay hydrated and keep your Mm -hmm. electrolytes up. But I mean, I I also got in trouble. (laughs) Uh, someone like, they're like, Oh, can I have my Gatorade? And I was like, yeah. Um, but you know, I got, got to be careful about that because, uh, you know, I'm not a doctor. Right. So, right. uh, and it's one of those situations too. It's like, wow, that sounds ridiculous. It's so unreasonable, but it's, you have to really take a step back and go, wait a second. What if there's like an allergy? I don't know about. Cause they said that their friend gave them the Gatorade. Truth. Right. So it's like, what if I don't, I don't know their background i don't know their medical history i don't know i don't know anything about this person except for like you know i have to call and work uh, work with them uh so it's like uh i won't say you know go and drink gatorade but you know drink your water stay hydrated and you know if you're feeling kind of wonky after taking the vaccine talk to your doctor that's the best thing you can do that's the best thing you can do you know right now i i have seen i'd say period don't don't get your information off twitter yeah, right. <laughs> or Reddit or Facebook. Uh, like, I mean, obviously you, you can do that. There's nothing wrong with doing there's not, that. There's nothing it, wrong it's with that. It's a matter of making it. sure you're mindful about it. Yes, check, uh, your, check your sources. But it, you know, it's like a, if, if that's your first thing 
rather than like a, a trusted, vetted, like tried, uh, like medical source, mm-hmm. like a doctor, mm-hmm. not a news outlet. I'm talking about like, go talk to your doctor. Then, you know, it, it's like you, you're kind of not keeping yourself informed when you do that. Yeah. I, um, and, and, and we, we, we had talked about this before. We're living in very, we're living in very interesting times and really with everything that's, that's going, that's going on good and bad. My, my, you know, my biggest thing is just hoping that, that we, learn from this eventually and keep ourselves safe. I don't care who you, I don't care if you are, shoot, I'll even say, I'll even say to those who, 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 um, even to those, even to those people who, who stormed the Capitol thinking that, you know, thinking that they were going to start a revolution because they're humans too. I didn't agree with anything they, they did during that time. That was actually that, that's a brilliant thing to say too, because that's, the way that they were raised and the circumstances that life aligned them into is what made yeah. them do that is what made it's what made them do that yes there was a there you know looking looking at it from you know looking at it from another point of view it did seem like that there was a call to action they felt a certain way so they acted and and while i don't agree with that i also have to keep in mind that they're human beings too so I hope the best. So I hope the best for them and their families, you know. Um, and as you know, as far as you know, as far as everyone else out there, same thing. And I and I hope when uh, whenever uh, this episode comes out, um, hoping the best for our you know for our audience. I hope you come back for more. We're gonna wrap this. We're gonna wrap this particular episode up. But before we do, is there anything else you would like to say before we wrap? Before we go, Tyler. Um. Yeah, actually, um, uh, because of the pandemic relief, especially through the unemployment assistance that's been going on, mm-hmm. uh, it's tax season. So, if you didn't take your withholdings through the um weekly payouts that they provide uh you're gonna have to make sure that you get your tax form uh so that way you can uh essentially pay the tax that was supposed to be taken out from that Mm. very easy thing to forget about uh because even though it's pandemic assistance even though it's unemployment from the pandemic right Mm. uh that's still taxed so not the not the best note but (laughs) you know a real one Right. It's, 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 it, that is real. That is real. And that's, and that's important information to know. Um, but my brother, I want to thank you for coming back here again for, uh, the new seat for the new season of a for able letting people know, you know, what you've been up to and how you're, you know, and how you're helping during, you know, during this time. And for anyone listening, just know that you're not alone and we'll be here whenever we get, you know, we'll, we'll get through this together. So with that being said, I want to thank everyone that's, you know, everyone that's uh, listening once again, shout out to you, Tyler, and hopefully he will be talking again under better, under better circumstances. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Well, right. thank you so much, everyone. And we'll catch you next time.